Yo, yo, yo. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of Selena's Underground Podcast. Your look at Selena's news, events, beauty pageant contestant. This is going to be, I, I like this one. This is going to, I mean, I always say that. I like all of them. But I don't know why I should, because me saying that assumes that there's some that I don't like. <laughs> so I'm sure our, some guests are like, oh man, is it me? Yeah, is it was me? like your last guest who yeah. you're talking about. No, Wait, they didn't say it when I was there. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, yeah, today in the studio, in front of me, in the mic, is Genevieve, who is Miss Central Coast? Really? That, that's your title, right? Yes. Miss Central Coast. And we're going to get all into what that means. Because I honestly know very little. And I mean, I know I've been talking your ear off before we hit record. But uh, but I really, again, purposely, I did some research just to, to know who you are, you know. But I really, we're going to learn together with the audience of, of your story, which I'm super, super excited about. I just, because you hear Miss Central Coast, I'm like, what if she's from Lompoc or something, you know? <laughs> like, the fuck? What am I going to say about that? I don't know anything. But luckily, you are born and raised in Salinas. Yes. So this is going to be a, a really cool one. Um, so, yeah, let's let's get into this because oh, there's a lot. Like I was telling you, I'm going to have trouble keeping this under an hour and a half because I'm so excited. <laughs> you have so much, so much to, to bring to that. But anyway, let's start there with the Miss Central Coast because that can mean so many things. And can you quickly... Talk. What, what is because uh, again, people hear Miss Central Coast, you immediately think like Miss America, mm -hmm. Miss Universe, Universe. I don't know if that's still yeah. a thing, but Miss America is yes. it that, in that vein? Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. It's uh, for the Miss America program. What? It's that one? Yes. Oh shit. Yeah, the oh. oldest uh, scholarship organization for women in the world. That's also, and we'll get into that. But that's also one thing that I quickly learned from going to your. It's the whole scholarship. It's not just like, hey, let's get pretty girls together. There's uh, a whole. <laughs> no. and I'm sorry for my ignorance, but uh, and again, we'll we'll learn all about it. So it is part of that. Holy crap! Yes, yeah, I know. It's even a holy crap moment for me. Yeah. So, so that means all right. Are you one of those that have been doing it since you were young? No, uh, this is my first real big pageant like this, and I got the title a few months ago. How do you keep, how do you not get all big headed and be like, phew, <laughs> this is it? This is it? <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> Y'all been doing it since you were kids? This is my first one. Try harder. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Thankfully, all the people are very nice, so it's more like a joking around uh, situation than a competition. Well, and how, so how did that come about? So I'm sure there's some kind of application process. Yes, yes. And did you have any aspirations to do something like this? Um, you know, I always, when I was a teenager, like a late teenager and um, in my early 20s, I'm 26 now, I always considered running for Miss California, but I never thought um, I was someone who would fit into the job role because I grew up in Salinas. Uh, I overcame homelessness. I have immigrants on both sides of my family and I'm one of the most educated people in my family. Uh, so knowing that, like we were talking about before the podcast started, how a lot of people in Salinas have like a 10 mile radius that they live within. Yeah. Um, my experiences of the world were very limited as well in terms of what resources and opportunities I had. So I never knew if I could be the type of woman or girl who could run to be Miss California. And then last year, I think, is when I decided, OK, I think I do want to go for this. Um, so I started working with an amazing pageant coach to sort of figure out what is this I'm getting in myself into, yeah. you know, um, 
because this has been around for so long, the Miss America and even Miss Universe pageants, but so many people have ideas of it, but they don't know the full truth of what it takes and things like that. Yeah, I know nothing. I just know, here she comes, Miss America. (laughs) That's as much as I know. That's all you need to know. (laughs) Yeah. So when you decided, like, okay, how do you even find a a, a pageant coach? You just Google it or... You yeah. literally Googled it? Yeah, I literally looked it up on Instagram. Uh, oh, okay. And I uh, specific- Oh, you're 26, I forget. Yeah, yeah, that's Instagram. <laughs> yeah. No, it's Google. Like, you Google shit? Google. What are you, 37? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, what's Google? <laughs> um, yeah, so I just looked up on Instagram, and there's also this woman. She was Miss USA, and she's the first uh, woman in the military to win Miss USA. It's Deshauna Barber. Um, she was crowned about 10 years ago and she's someone that I really look up to because she has this profound sense of confidence. And, uh, as women nowadays, a lot of people might think that, oh, women are so cocky and confident and post a bunch of videos and pictures of themselves online nowadays. But it's actually, um, a different truth where 90% of women don't like what they see when they look in the mirror. And then we see so many other issues coming up with young girls and their self-confidence. So, um, Deshauna Barber is someone that I really admired for her confidence And so I follow her on Instagram and I found out that she was coached when she won Miss USA by this one coach. So I looked into their Instagram account um, and found out more information about them. And it was a group coaching program. So it's not just like I'm Mm. I'm, one on one coach. It's like we're on Zoom. This is probably expensive, that one on one. The one-on-one might be expensive, but but it's actually reasonable. It's really nice doing these coaching. Yeah. Because, like, I get to meet other girls who are my age from all around the country and even around the world. And we're on Zoom. Sometimes I go in person um, to do, like, a one-day boot camp sort of thing. So it's a whole lot of fun. But that's how I found. And I just searched on Instagram, try to figure out what I would be getting myself into. And just jumped into her classes. Yeah. And then from did she, from her classes, did she kind of start directing you where pageants might be? Or did you from there then start looking yourself? I always knew that um, the only pageant I would want to do was to represent California and be able to make a difference in the state that I grew up in. So it was always the Miss California pageant for me, whether it's for Miss America or Miss USA. I really want to uh, support the people in our state and where I grew up. So she helped me on the journey but I always knew what pageant um, I wanted to enter and then it was just about uh, emailing the organization letting them know I'm interested how can I apply and then they directed me from then on oh oh, dude that's so and and then so they said okay then you're do you apply for the region or does it where you live in yeah, so there's a few ways. Uh, normally, you compete in a local competition. So it's like a county-wide, like uh, Miss Merced County or Miss Sonoma County or something like that. <laughs> Miss Merced. Whack. I really know the people. Yeah, right, and they're all nice. I'm yeah. sure they're all like the sweetest people. I know, of course, really I'm just are. talking yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, Miss yeah. Merced. What is it? What was her uh, trick? She milked a cow or something. Oh my gosh! Well, then what would be my trick here with the salad? Bowl? I know you're so you're. Uh, yeah, you're too witty and smart. I just like you're nice. You you should have jumped on the Merced. Hey, no, just kidding. Um. So uh, and here, so we have Miss Monterey County then. Um. No, we don't. Um. So what? yeah. So what's odd is in Monterey County we don't have uh, an organization, a local one. So in order to compete, what I had to do, um 
but this is the the pre-story because then it gets a little interesting and there's a little exception or a little uh, new, new rule made um, that allowed me to be misandricose. But originally what I was going to have to do was go to a different county and compete uh, for that title because some of there's all these different counties that you can compete in and then all the counties go on to the state competition and then all the state winners go on to the national competition to be Miss America. And so um, I was going to compete in another county, but if you compete in another county, you have to serve that county. You know, you're that person's representative. Yeah, because that's what the job is about. It's about like community service. So that's what I say, serve. Oh. Yeah, not food just, service. Yeah, I was going to say all of a no sudden. Potatoes. Yeah. They go, yeah. <laughs> um, you're all like filling potholes and shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You thought it was glamorous? Like, no, the TV part's glamorous. This is the rest of the day. Yeah. Oh, and that's where the scholarship component and all that stuff comes, the serve? Um, yeah, so the whole premise of Miss America is to have basically a role model who does good in the world, like community service, and has a platform that she wants to speak about and, and go forth and do the work to get something good done. Um, and then in each phase of competition, whether it's a local one that you win or the state one, you win scholarships. So, for example, uh, this year, the woman who won Miss California won $20,000 in scholarships. Um, and you can use that for student loans. Even if you just graduated high school, you can use it. Um, so they really support women in, in doing their careers and their yeah. education. That's... I, I feel like such a jerk. I, I I mean, I knew there was something else to it, you know, that they're definitely because it's a it's a whole year. And so if you were to become OK, so you did. So go, actually, let's stick with your story. You didn't become Miss Merced. No. Did you? So where where did you end up competing then? So that's the second part of this where they uh, this year they enacted a new rule where because um, there is no Miss Monterey County. Um where they have at-large contestants. It's my mom's calling me. It's cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can answer it. No. <laughs> okay. so, About uh, the new rule that was enacted this year, yeah. Yeah, so the new rule is that now they allow at-large contestants, so I was able to just apply online instead of going through a, a local pageant and competing that way, and I got to recommend three titles that I wanted for myself. So I... I said I would want to be baddest chick in the world. <laughs> Number one, if that's not available, <laughs> that's hilarious. You could take that one. <laughs> we'll give you that sash. Um, yeah. So I said Miss Monterey County, uh, Miss Central Coast, or Miss Monterey Bay, and uh, they approved all of them for me. So I chose Miss Central nice. Coast because uh, even though I'm from Salinas, I really wanted to represent as large of a, a region as I can. So now with the Central Coast, it's Santa Cruz County, San Luis Obispo County, and Monterey County. Dude, and that's cool. That is a very, that's someone that obviously is local because so many times I feel South County like gets left. I mean, Soledad's doing a lot to do some really cool stuff, but like we forget that that's still Monterey County. Those, those, People like get so there was recently they were going to build a new courthouse and they decided to put it in like Marina or Seaside or something versus Soledad. And I'm like, why? Like that poor South County. They they I know they, they don't feel like they're part of the area, I think, sometimes. So it was that's important that you you recognize that and, and you did. That. So once they gave you the title, then is it on you to then figure out like what? cause you're going to help or do they give you a list uh yes then it's on me because oh, every uh, yeah every they call us delegates 
uh, so every delegate, you might hear me use the word contestant, we choose a platform. So one girl I met, um, her platform was uh, to promote awareness of food allergies. Another girl I met, uh, her platform was equestrian therapy with horses. And my platform, um, so I have a nonprofit organization that supports women and girls. So a lot of people, I'm sure, would have expected me to do something with women and girls. But I know that I have a younger brother that has suffered with mental health issues growing up in Salinas. And I know that men and, and boys are very subjected to their own issues, you know. Um, and all genders are, are All humans are going through things. And so as a Miss California, I didn't want to limit myself to only doing uh, an initiative that's based on women and girls. As a Miss California, what I want to do is help everyone in the state, you know, regardless of gender. Mm -hmm. So my program that I designed um, for the Miss California organization is called Reach for the Stars. And what it is, uh, it's a little play on words because I'm studying astrophysics. So you got a little astronomy in there. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. I got want to hear about that. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so my initiative for the Miss California program is not just to empower girls and women, it's to actually empower everyone throughout the state of California in underserved communities. So by underserved communities, I mean low income populations like Salinas Valley. Um, populations with low education levels, also like Salinas. But there's other places throughout the state that have those issues. And in a lot of those situations, we see that those communities that have low income levels and low education levels um, are communities predominantly of color, Hispanic communities, black communities. And so I want to make sure that I'm able to do what I can, the most that I can to help the world as a title holder, as someone with any amount of power. And so that's my initiative is to really help underserved communities. Um, yeah. And that, well, that's, that's an ambitious goal. I love it. And I, I like the, when you mentioned the, the, the mental health aspect for men and boys and I, in this town, again, a lot of, you know, we've had our issues with violence, whether it be gang violence or, or whatever kind of violence. And so often I, it bothers me where Again, to say a 15-year-old gets caught for shooting someone, mm-hmm. that's messed up. Okay, that 15-year-old, you know, like something something happened, but so often they blame the kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, dude, it's a 15-year-old kid. Sure, okay, that's not cool. Mm-hmm. You know, that you took it to an extreme. But that, to me, is a symptom of an ill of society, you know? Like, why aren't we looking at ourselves? Mm-hmm. We are raising that child. Mm-hmm. And, and then oh, that poor child is obviously confused conflicted something's going on with him he's they react they are reacting in in a extreme way mm-hmm. you know and and if it, they just see the world turn on them like well, how are they ever going to like change quote unquote change their ways you know and that's what trips me out is that growing up here and being here and it, it's always it seems like adults he's yelling at kids for doing it wrong it's like but you're raising those kids bro like why is it on the children to raise themselves mm-hmm. and like and when and if they do and they fail and you just get mad at them like you never look at yourself like it's so it's so messed up and and I think that a, a lot of those problems are that around here is these kids that man every 15 year old is conf- being a 15 year old is scary as hell no matter what like your body's just going crazy mm-hmm. and and if you you know if you don't know how to express yourself or you don't know how to get help you know 
it could just spiral into into a million different places and here sometimes it spirals into gang violence and yeah. um because it's there you know the, the opportunities are there and 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 it's man you see so many quote-unquote you know gangsters and you're just like bro you're just mm-hmm. you're just a kid that needs a hug mm-hmm. but now you're in this life and it, and it's you can't ask for a hug because that ain't tough you know you're mm-hmm. part of this tough life but really you just want someone to listen to you you're really a scared child that that never got that comfort you know and 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 it's so crazy because people are like nah, he's a criminal he's a criminal and it's like okay yeah technically you know but like how did we get to that point mm-hmm. why are so many men or anybody really turn doing that like it's not because we're producing all these bad people you know people aren't just born bad like it's it's, something is happening and and again i think it's i'm trying to dance around a, a, a moment i had literally earlier with this water i bought this water right before i came here i was at knob hill and i was as i was walking out with it i was cradling it and I was cradling it, and it was like, I guess it was a moment where I really needed a hug, you know? And I was like, it's fucking suck being a 36-year-old man, you have to cr- hug a fucking case of water, yeah. you know? And because and you just can't, like, and I'm not trying to say women-men thing, but, like, women have much stronger social structures in where they can go to their girlfriends and be like, dude, I need a hug, and or they can cry in front of the, you know? And it's yeah. just like... And they comfort each other where, man, it's just like you don't have that. You have to just try to toughen up. Mm-hmm. But it just it's just chipping away at you and it's chipping away at you. And it's like we can't keep doing this. We can't keep allowing men to do that. And then we have all these broken mm-hmm. people walking around. And anyway, I'm yeah. so happy that, <laughs> that and I'm, I'm sorry for going on my little tangent. But it's so interesting that, again, such a, a, a woman-focused a, association or something and you being a part of it that you notice that hey everybody you know has these problems and to me that's also what's so important about people being from an area and representing that area Mm -hmm. you you understand the problems a a whole lot in a a whole more personal way yeah um yeah anyway oh no and thank you for um you called it a tangent but i'll i'll say it was not a tangent um there's a quote it's by i believe it's by like aristotle the philosopher and he says um poverty is the mother of all crime and so that's something that i i think about a lot and how a lot of and i don't believe that it's all crime you know there are crimes where poverty isn't the issue but yeah in a lot of situations especially in communities of color or like in salinas we see that poverty is um the mother of crime in those situations and then when we're talking about men and boys we also think about gender roles and how it's not just like you said that women have more support systems, but that they're encouraged to feel their emotions. Mm-hmm. But feeling emotions is like <laughs> the key component of being human. Yeah. So it's pretty wild that we have this divide where we say, okay, if you're born and your sex is male uh, at birth, then you have to be strong and go fight wars and yeah. you know build your muscles. And it's like, what what is going on here? And all these. Um, I'm like, I want, I, I like bees, man. Can I, can I just plant flowers and hang out with bees, bro? I don't want to drop bombs on people. Like, what the fuck? I don't want, why is that my shit? Yeah, exactly. Can I hang out with the bees and the butterflies? Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of uh, very wild stereotypes, I think. On. Well, and being Mexican is even, I mean, every culture I'm sure has, or a lot of cultures have it, but dude, machismo is just... Mm-hmm. 
fuck, I'm bound at times. Even my own mom has been like, buck up kind of thing you know just like i'm sad mm-hmm. i'm sad like i i can't i be sad and it's like no you can't you have to be this strong rock and i'm like no yeah and you know what you were talking about earlier about cradling the water bottles that's actually um so the number one form of self-care that's the saddest thing i've ever said <laughs> on the fucking microphone <laughs> no that was relatable and i think it's important that you said that because now Ooh. I want I want to tell people this. The number one self-care thing that you can do is practice self-compassion. One, There are three components to self-compassion. Um, common humanity, which is recognizing that you're a human just like all of us and you feel emotions. You experience suffering sometimes. Mindfulness, where we're mindful of our emotions, where we just acknowledge, okay, I'm sad. Okay, I'm feeling this way. Um, and also loving kindness, which is to give yourself the same love and care that you would give to a friend. Because if a friend was telling you, oh, they're feeling sad or something, you wouldn't beat them up and tell them mm-hmm. man up or something. You'd yeah. be like, oh, what's wrong, you know, because mm-hmm. you care about them. So people, a lot of the times, especially in in cultures where we're encouraged to be strong or whatever, people think that being compassionate and kind to yourself will have the opposite effect and it's going to make you not accomplish your goals. People have this thought that, in order to accomplish your goals, you have to be hard on yourself. You have to tell yourself, what are you doing? Get out of bed. Go work out right now, you lazy person. You know, And that's the opposite. It's true. Being kind and compassionate is the number one mental health and self-care tip. And one thing that you can do if you're ever feeling like in a time of distress is to give yourself a hug. Or even like gently squeeze yourself, um, like crossing your arms. You could do that if you want to be incognito with it. Or holding a case of water. Yeah, or holding a case <laughs> of water. And what it does when you hug yourself is it releases oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone. And it tricks your brain into thinking that you're being hugged by someone else. So it does make you feel better. So I recommend that. Um, hug yourself, people. You know, it's <laughs> it's something that people should be doing more often. Yeah, self, no. So, and, and, that's an, and especially with social media, we, we were just talking about, you know, how tough, because you see, they're really highlights. Social media is, is really highlights of people's lives. Rare, very rarely do you see the whole thing so it's like those happy people they they live life you know they get sad they get down as well and um and sometimes you get like damn look at this they're always smiling that means i must always have to be smiling it's like no they could have been frowning in the picture before that's just the good one you know that's just the good one um and unfortunately, there's that um, saying, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> and so I think maybe there are people who might be very happy in life, but they also might be a little not, not too deep thinking. Oh, uh, my I, I, that that is you. Yes. you. One of my favorite, speaking of quotes, one of my favorite, favorite quotes that I bring up all the time. And because I'm an overthinker, mm-hmm. I'm an overthinker as well. And that is a is a big impediment because i love those people that like just do yeah <laughs> just like i'm like oh what if you get hurt what if this what if that and they're just halfway done with it already like having fun um but yeah i i always because i like to read i can you know, get my book books is my life um and so great gatsby is one of my my favorite favorite books yeah. of all time and it's it's a quote from daisy daisy buchanan when she's she's pregnant mm-hmm. and she's talking about her her baby and she was like all I could wish is that she's she's a, a if she's a girl that she's a, a fool because that's all a woman can be in this world is a beautiful fool. Mm, wow! And again, she's not saying that. Oh, I hope my kid's dumb. Mm-hmm. What she's really saying is just is she sees the world for what Daisy sees the world for what it is, and she's like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, why can't I just? I, 
I want to be the the cute partying girl that doesn't give a fuck, dude. Like <laughs> fuck the real world, you know? Like it's all fucked up. Like if you just if you're ignorant to all that again, ignorance is bliss. That's really what she's saying. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes you're just like, fuck, dude. Why can't I be someone like like you know? You hear someone say something, you're like, bro, you didn't think about that at <laughs> all, you know? But it's just like that's just they're just living, you know? Yeah. And again, I it's interesting that like ignorance is bliss thing that you bring up, and I just like I. I constantly bring that up and I'm like, fuck, dude, I, I, it's, I, I enjoy, I like who I am. I am, I'm happy with who I am, but I'm just like, damn, sometimes I wish I was just dumb. I could just live, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, um, well, it's idiot. Have you ever seen Idiocracy? No. Oh, okay. Well, the, the big, it's, it's sadly looking more and more like a documentary, but it, it's a, it's a movie about the future, but it starts off with two couples, one that's college educated, and one that's just like whatever, I don't give a fuck about anything. And the college educated couple's like, oh, we gotta get our career set and then get a house. The meanwhile, the other couples already had two kids. Oh my god. And then they're like, Oh, there's a recession, you know, like we it's we can't have you know, the smart people are just overthinking everything. They're never having kids while the dumb people are just oh, pr- producing produ- no. So eventually in the future the dumb people out reproduce the smart people and um but horrible. yeah exactly oh it, it's hilarious but it's starting to get less and less funny as it gets more and more true yeah. you know um but yeah it, it it's yeah and again some i i that overthinking man yeah <laughs> just just wild. live your life um but anyway i'm i'm so curious now i kind of want to jump we're we're talking, you know, a little bit about the area and stuff. I want to get a little bit about your personal history because before we talked, I'm like, you have a, an interesting story in that a lot of us being Mexican in this country is tough enough in that you know they always that saying ni de aquí ni de allá. Like we, mm-hmm. I don't know where we're from, dude. Everyone, not everyone, but like people are like go back to Mexico and you go to Mexico and they're like get the fuck out of here, gringo, and you're <laughs> like where do I go, man? <laughs> Um, but you have a more interesting uh, backstory in that you have three <laughs> ethnic backgrounds that you compete with, um, and what you're you said you're you're Japanese, white, and Mexican. Yes, and um, and so man so either it's the most cool thing because you get a bunch of holidays and stuff to celebrate, mm-hmm. or it's the toughest because you're like, damn, like. If I go to fucking Cinco de Mayo or something or September 16th, people are going to be like, get out of here, white girl. Or you're like, what? Or if you go to an Asian festival, they're, they're just like, who the fuck? Is-? Yeah, everyone has their different uh, perceptions on what race they think I am, whether it's multiple or just one. I could have. Yeah, I would have. If you would have. I would have probably guessed Filipino. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, just because, yeah, you can uh, you can't really tell. There's you're going to be in a lot of commercials. <laughs> Every time I watch a commercial now, like there's always one ambiguously racial person, yeah, you know, that like, you can't tell. <laughs> and so, yeah, so you have a, at least a bright future in commercials. <laughs> there we go. Well, please hire me. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, again, you were born in Salinas. Yes. And. What this is the main question? What high school did you graduate from? That's gonna tell me everything. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, I cannot give a three-word answer uh, to this. Oh, you bounce around. Um, I got expelled when I was fourteen as a freshman from North High, and I went to the MCOE school. So I ended up graduating from Bronda Community School, uh, and I graduated in two and a half years. Or 
I did uh, high school in about two and a half years. Okay, so and dude, yeah, because recently I heard there's another school next to Mount Toro, and someone's like, I went there, and I was like, what? I yeah. thought Mount Toro was it. No, there's quite a few. There's like six. Uh, what? MCUE schools. Obviously, and- I'm a nerd that never got in trouble. <laughs> yeah, there's like Rancho Cielo, <laughs> Silver Star. Um, yeah. That says something when there's more like continuation schools than regular high schools in this. T- <laughs> yeah, it does say something. Well, and so oh, cr- that is interesting. Okay, you you you. You, technically, you get expelled, and two and a half years later, you get your diploma. Mm-hmm. Or do, is it diploma? Does yeah, it high school diploma. Yeah. And then from there, you just go to college? Uh, yeah, I started uh, at Heart Now. I started early, and they actually had a program called the ACE program, Academy for College Excellence. So when I was 16, I started at Heart Now. And you went right into physics? I knew I wanted to study astrophysics even before I started at Heart Now. Um, I went right into my first semester was frou-frou classes because it was the program that they designed for me so it wasn't any physics in there there was like english and what because i'm you're like fifth 16 at this point then so how did a teenager know that they wanted to be in physics um carl sagan uh, oh what i'm sorry carl sagan carl sagan there we go neil degrasse tyson um (laughs) so I guess it's a mixture of things. And lately I've been thinking about, because before I would say that it was because I would, I'm very introverted. And so I would go outside at nighttime uh, in my family's backyard in Salinas. And it's just a little backyard. We live in apartments uh, growing up. And I would be alone at night, like, and it's dark outside. And I would take off my shoes and just feel the floor and look up at the stars. And I would have this moment where I would kind of, I don't know, feel really powerful and, and very curious. And I've always also been very interested in astronomy and how things work, especially things that are as important and as big as space. Um, but lately I've been realizing that I think what actually started my interest in astronomy and astrophysics are philosophers, you know, like Greek philosophy or things like that, or Greek mythology. I've always been very interested in that. And a lot of philosophers were thinkers, but they also were observers of the stars and the sky to try to make sense of what, why are we here, mm-hmm. what's going on in the world. I'm, 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 I love another, bird. I know there's, I knew there was more people out there that are, I was gonna say stupid, but like nerdy and slight. like basically you're describing me in a lot of ways and we are very much different in, in a, a lot of other ways, but that is so dude, so, <laughs> your philosophy and physics. But anyway, cause I've done that so many times. I've said that cause I, I have, you know, my backyards all set up like in several gardens. And, nice. and one of the things that I do when, you know, cause like my introvert, you know, introvert, anxiety, depression, all this stuff, they're all my homies. Like <laughs> they all come along everywhere I go. And when I'm having like moments of really bad anxiety where, where things are really tripping me out, I love to go out into nature, into the, the garden. That's mm-hmm. actually why I put it in the gardens. Cause in COVID we couldn't even go to, to the nature, you know, they, mm-hmm. they banned us from nature. I don't know how you ban nature, but yeah, um, so anyway, I love to do. And, and sometimes I'll, that's one of my favorite things is to lay directly on the earth. Nice. And I'm just on the earth looking up at the sky. And, and it's weird because you literally get grounded. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm being grounded and I'm just like, dude, I'm fucking laying on this ginormous ball <laughs> yeah. that's turning at like 14,000 miles an hour. And, and we're the, it's the tiniest little speck 
you know the yeah. fucking moon in itself is way the hell out there and that's the closest thing to us like yeah. you honestly it starts to feel so tiny mm-hmm. which can feel terrifying but for me like when i feel that tiny my problems seem even smaller mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the problems that i have are smaller than me and i'm this tiny little look at that and fucking son doesn't give a shit about me you know yeah. like all this stuff is just <laughs> happening and i'm like I don't know. Somehow it, it it's just like a little therapy session where, where it just allows my mind an opportunity to breathe and to be like, bro, you're worrying about the most inconsequential <laughs> bullshit. You know, like none of this matters and not in a bad way of, of like not not like a nihilist, you know, but <laughs> like but like, well, ex, speaking of philosophy, like <laughs> I like philosophy, but my I, I'm an existential philosopher. That's uh-huh. my oh, okay. form of philosophy. I I like that. So you know, Camus, Sartre, um, those Devoubier, whatever the <laughs> fuck her French name is. Um, but yeah, so to me, it's that. It's that life. Ultimately, life is meaningless. But mm-hmm. that I'm not a nihilist. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not fucking Nietzsche. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying, oh, do whatever the hell you want. Nothing matters. Like no, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But but you're here. Mm-hmm. So you're alive and you have existence and reality and and those relationships that you're feeling at the on the cosmic scale, on the global scale they or on the universal scale, they don't matter. But right now they do matter. Mm-hmm, they do. They do matter to you. Mm-hmm. You you are a person you know, like Descartes. You know, I think, therefore I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's where it's just like, like yeah, like, they're real. You know, they, they, they are. Um, oh, my God. I'm like, good. <laughs> you got me going on philosophy now. Um, yeah, I, I. Anyway, this is your interview. I'm not. This isn't Oz's no, this f- is philosophy good. hour. So, dude, that's crazy. You, you're, you're in an, an apartment in the backyard uh-huh. with your your shoes off. And did you have any idea that you were going to continue in that, or it was it just seemed like a pipe dream at that point? Um. I would say it did not feel like a pipe dream. I would say that I knew I could do what I wanted to do, whatever that was. So since I knew I wanted to do astrophysics, I knew that I could do that. Even though my family didn't graduate from college and um, they never took me to tour colleges or talked to me about my options. And in order to be an astrophysicist, you have to take a lot of college uh, for like 10 years, um, get your PhD, which is my goal. Um, Even though my family didn't talk to me about college and things like that, I knew I just knew. I knew that I wasn't going to let the world inhibit me or hold me back and that there was going to be some way somehow that I was going to be able to study astrophysics. Yeah, dude. That's, and your, your Mexican side of you is like, hey, dude, we fucking made this shit. Y'all ever heard of Mayans? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and I want to just a little bit more of your family. I'm all bouncing around because I, I'm because you, you said your both your parents were also born in Salinas. Yes. And so your mom is the, she's half white, half Japanese, you said? Uh, not half, because it's my great-grandma who came from Japan. Um, so my mom's probably like 25%. Oh, okay. And, but does your, does that, like, did she, did that grandma come here for, like, a- agriculture and stuff? Is that, like, the I, typical story? I don't, I don't know. I think, actually, she came here to marry, I think um, my great-grandpa was in the army. I never met my great-grandpa. Okay. So, and. Yeah, I think he was probably a soldier in Japan, and then he probably uh, invited her to come back here with him or something. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that's so, <laughs> it's a love story. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. And yeah, and damn, she came across the ocean. Yeah, but it must be good love. Yeah, hell yeah. And, um, oh, man, I'm sure they got some stories. Yeah. I so warned you. Water. I yeah. warned you. But no, yeah, let's take a break. Thank you. 
All right, we're we're back. Did you guys enjoy our break? <laughs> so again, I want to wrap up this philosophy because all of a sudden this is the philosophy hour. Yeah, and, and you were saying that you have, like I said, I, I like I mentioned right before the break. You know, that's where I, I believe that you know, in, in a happy way, in a happy way that life life is is meaningless, which means that you you're you're free to do whatever you want. You know, it's your your you know your choice. Uh, to to tie it into a local guy, John Steinbeck, mm-hmm. you know, in in freaking um, is it grapes of it is grapes of wrath, the one that oh no no it's uh what's the east of Eden, mm. in east of Eden it ends with that uh yeah I think it's a he what Hebrew word Tim shell, where it means thou mayest and it, they they say it in the book you know that means you have the choice you always have the choice there's always a choice that you can make and um and that's where tim shell comes in so um mm-hmm. yeah so anyway yeah that that's where i i you know i that's what i believe and that, that's what i like and and it is terrifying at first when you're like what do you mean you know like i'm responsible for everything which means i'm responsible for my sadness and my happiness like yes you are yeah which is cool because it means you're in control of it mm-hmm. have you read the four agreements i've heard about it a lot mm-hmm. a lot a lot a lot wow you can't call yourself mexican you <laughs> okay yeah that's uh, no again I, yeah when mexicans yeah usually try to usually bring that up as as in <laughs> yeah. bread it's their philosophy yeah <laughs> it's actually uh, I would say the fundamental one of two books everyone should read. What's the second one? Uh, Self compassion. Okay, I was gonna say, don't say the Bible. <laughs> oh, and be like, <laughs> yeah. it just cut out for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the four agreement. Why? Why do you say the four agreements? Um, because the four agreements are rules of life, and it's the ancient Toltec wisdom. Uh, and the Toltec people were like the men and women of wisdom. I think in Mexico. Um, or at least it says something about that at the beginning of the book, but it's been a long time since I read it. But the four agreements are ways of life that everyone should live. Like, number one, don't take things personally. Um, I don't even know all of them by heart right now, but I, I, what I remember is that all of them are very fundamental things that people should know. Like, don't take things personally if someone criticizes you or if someone compliments you. It shouldn't determine or uh, change the way you feel about yourself. You should find, you know, how you feel about yourself on your own. Damn, that's a good one. Because anyone says anything bad about me, I shut down. <laughs> that's a human thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and no, and that it's in. You know what? I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'll be quite honest. Part of the. I, I think part of the reason why I've stayed away. I'm not a big fan of those like self help type mm. books. I think they're oh. well, especially a lot of the times if you do read philosophy, because then you you're like, bro, I've read the source material. I know where you got this from, and then you just change the language to under so your audience understands it and um but, but i i basically i guess what i'm trying to get at i didn't realize the four agreements was a mesoamerican thing yeah i i assumed oh, it's some some white lady that went to <laughs> purdue university or something that wrote this book yeah no it's written by don miguel ruiz um who is a descendant of the Toltec people. Oh, okay. And so the entire book is just spreading the knowledge of the spiritual wisdom. Damn. Okay, and okay, I gotta get that book. Yeah, it's really good. I got it in Spanish and English. And 
they have like cards, affirmation cards for it and all these cool things now. I, I hear a lot, a lot about it. And like I said, I, I just figured it was just some more white people <laughs> trying to tell you. We figured yeah. it out. I was like, yeah, dude, you're white. <laughs> it's easier for you, dude. Yeah, you're like, that's the only thing you need. <laughs> Figure it out. One, be white. <laughs> And um, so, and what was the other book you said? Uh, Self Compassion by Dr. Kristen Neff, um, because that talks about what self compassion is, why it's beneficial to us, and how you can apply it to your life. Um, and she's the the founding psychologist of self compassion, or one of. And dude, that is so important. I, I've a lot of I think are our, our issues with interacting with each other comes from the fact that a lot of us aren't really as nice to each other or as happy with each other or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'm like, it's me trying not to get personal on my own show. So like sometimes there'll be times where you're like struggling, dating wise, you know, and you're just like, man, why, why is this not working out for me? And, and I sometimes, you know, you know, I like being introspective. So I like to like, I don't blame that. It's not society. You know, it's mm -hmm. always, it can, you know, a lot of your problems, they stem from you, you know? So when I'm having these moments, you know, I start and, you know, really think about what is the problem and, you know, what is happening? And, and I'm just like, dude, I'm, I'm going through something, you know, I'm not happy with myself right now. And I'm basically like, hoping that somebody out there saves me from myself kind of thing. But when you're out there, when you're feeling this way, you, you're putting out a certain vibes for lack of better terms, you know, and, and, and when you're sad and, and, and life's tough, you know, you, you don't put out vibes of like, Oh, let me, let me go talk to that person or let me, you, you know, it's just like, Whoa, I don't want to get sucked down there. And, and it's like a, like a self-fulfilling prophecy almost kind of thing. You know, it's like, Oh, people, don't like me because xyz and, and then xyz happens and be like ah see you know and it's mm -hmm. like no what really if you were happy comfortable with yourself being an outgoing person people would re respond to that and they would respond to that differently you know and, yeah. and it's just like it's not society's fault it's just you are not taking the time to take care of you mm. You're hoping that someone comes in and does that for you. And maybe you might, or maybe you might someone that takes advantage of your, of your plight at the moment. And, but yeah, that's so important. I, I think sometimes and people feel selfish mm -hmm. and really it is, it is. And they're, they're, you shouldn't feel bad about that. Like selfish isn't just a bad word. Yeah. Like, you are you, no one's going to take care of you like you are. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to look out for yourself mm -hmm. and self-care is so important because if you don't care about yourself, again, somebody will find that weakness. You'll find that person that that sees that as an opportunity. And the, and I'm not saying it'll just be a romantic partner. It could be anything, a business partner, a friend. Anybody can can be like, ooh, that's that's how I can control this person, you know? And yeah. then and then you I don't know, then you're out there and, and you're you kind of forget about who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it's like your part I think you're right about that, about we have to be taking care of ourselves but also i think you should give yourself more credit when you say um when you're talking about dating and things like that and how you think that you need to work on yourself i and you said that it isn't society that they're not the problem i think society is the problem yeah society, sucks. Yeah, society <laughs> is more so the problem probably in your dating situations than you 
are the problem. I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna record I'm gonna put that in my headphones <laughs> and just replay that <laughs> over and over before I go to bed. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Um people are wild and we don't always be nice to each other so and connect with each other. And I think it's I don't know, I think it's understandable that when you're in a relationship you feel less sad. So I think it's also a little understandable right now when you say like, oh, you think you need to work on yourself and you're sad and you want someone to save you. I don't know. I think relationships kind of do save everyone in a way. They give people that love and that support. So I don't think it's too wrong to say, okay, I want someone to help me, to support me in a way like that. Hell yeah. I didn't think I was going to get a free therapy session out of this. <laughs> this is this is cool. Thank you for that. You're saving me hundreds of dollars. <laughs> We're married. <laughs> um, so let I, I want to go back to you. I'm, I'm totally done with philosophy. People are like, uh, aren't we talking about Genevieve Miss Central Coast here? Um, but I, you kind of mentioned earlier that you know in your life story that, that you gloss over homelessness mm-hmm. that was interesting to me um dude for when you hear someone oh they're from salinas their parents part japanese part white and mexican i would totally assume farming family grew <laughs> up on the south side went to Notre dame you know um but you were saying about being in an apartment looking at stars. So I think your story is a little different. Yeah. Um, and how, where does the homelessness tie into that? Um, so all my life, my family dealt with poverty. Um, so we were on Section 8 uh, housing, apartments, um, and other things like that. My grandma was an auto mechanic for the city of Salinas, and she got hurt on the job and became dis, um, disabled. She's okay, but she uh, just can't work. She was a mechanic? Yeah, an auto mechanic. <laughs> we'll have you got the most too. amazing family story. <laughs> this is so cool. Okay. Yeah, they're all very interesting. Yeah. People. They're all very strong people, too. Um, so growing <laughs> up, yeah, you know, that was my experience where um, my family was split up on... So my parents were never married. So it's my me and my. Uh, so so you are Mexican. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, a real yeah, Mexican. That's a real Mexican <laughs> shit right there. Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah. So I have. So I grew up partially at my mom's house and then partially at my dad's house, mostly at my mom's. So, um, but with my dad, we would move around a lot because we would get evicted from a lot of homes. Um, they had a larger family with my step family. Oh, okay. So it was a lot more kids and things like that, and probably a lot, you know a lot more mouths to feed, a lot more expenses to take care mm-hmm. of. Um, so we would we got evicted from like eight to ten houses growing up in Salinas and Soledad because my dad lived in Soledad for some time too, but mostly in Salinas. Um, however, I always lived in Salinas at my mom's. Oh, okay, um, yeah, apartment. Um, I would just sometimes go with my dad, you know. At your mom's, that's where you would look at the stars? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of the story of that, of growing up. But I think that's it's a lot of people's stories in Salinas and even other communities that people don't realize that, you know, I didn't stay at a homeless shelter or anything like that. But there were times when my family didn't have a house and didn't really have a plan and things like that. Yeah. Um, so that is that well, part. That's well. That's important, to, and I, I'm once again it just just adds to to your already uh, amazing story, and and I think it's important that 
Because again, of the hundreds of inter- or I don't know if I've done hundreds, but I, I've done a lot of interviews over the years. And I think a lot of people have that story. I don't think anyone's ever shared that kind of story. And again, we're from Salinas, dude. And I, I, I've, I've said it before, bro. Like you go out, you know, to hang out at the bars or whatever. And everybody's trying to front like they got money. And it's like, you live in Salinas, dude. <laughs> you're born and raised here. If you're still here, none of us have got a lot of money. Like we don't got to try to pretend like we're hurting ourselves by not being honest with each other and being like, dude, it's fucking sucks. It's, it's a struggle. Yeah. And, or to, to not like, cause I, I used, I didn't realize how broke we were growing up. And then when I did realize it was it took a while to really be honest about it. But mm-hmm. like now I can easily like I, I can say and, and I, I like to I don't like to share it, but I share it because I think it's more common, like you were saying more common than you would expect. But like, yeah, growing up with a, literally an empty fridge, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like a literal empty fridge. My mom worked as a cafeteria lady. She retired from that job because she got it, so she made sure that my sister and myself had breakfast and lunch. Oh, wow. Because she knew that the dinner wasn't always going to be at home. Yeah. So she knew she was a cafeteria lady because I would just want to go play, you know? And she, <laughs> but Because I, I didn't understand that, you know? I was fucking six. Yeah. And um, so it, it's, yeah, again, I, I feel it's like a more common thing. And a lot of the times I, I think we, we sometimes look down at each other or 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 we we see somebody as competition when when it's one of those like dude we're all struggling the same ways and we all came you know i mean fuck i I could just imagine i I just like i said if you just look at you you know just take a look at you oh this is a girl from selena's this is her background this is how she physically looks you would be like dude she's fucking had a simple ass life this fucking you know she's probably married to some fucking dog oh she says she lives in pebble beach yeah that makes sense that make look at her you know but then you break it and it's like dude you you know you know it's separate families and and you know housing insecurity and you're into philosophy and astrophysics and it's just like you're this yeah i i i I don't know. I I don't, I'm not, I don't know you, but it's just, it's one of those, I think, especially in Salinas, we're so concerned about, it's still a small town in a lot of ways. Like we got to get over that shit. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, what are they doing? What, why, what do they have? That's cool. I, should I buy that? You know? Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, you could very easily someone look at you and be like, look at her with her sash. Oh, she thinks she's so fucking cool. It's fucking three in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. She, ha- Everyone has to know, but yeah. it's like, no, I just came from a dad rotary meeting. I was like, um, yeah, again, and that's why and I appreciate you sharing that. I, it's my long-winded way of saying thank you because I think um, I think it'll be eye-opening for people. And, and if you are so, I mean, there's people like I'm, they're, you know, you're having a drink with them and they're like, you want another drink? And they're like, nah, and you can tell the reality is like, they're like, dude, I only have like 20 bucks, oh, you know? Really? And it's just like, but they're too proud. It's too yeah. proud to be like, dude, I've been going a little hard. I don't have the money right now. And and it's just like, what's going to, what I'm going to make fun of you if you say it, you know, mm-hmm. like, no, like we're, it, I'm your friend. Yeah. So I'm not rich yeah. <laughs> and you're not rich either. Cause you wouldn't be my fucking friend, bro. <laughs> we're fucking, we, we buy because we're both in the same boat, but so strange how a lot of times we can't admit that to each other. Mm-hmm. And I've seen, and again, people that I consider friends, I see them like find that extra 20 that they hide for emergencies, you know, and just like, why? Yeah. Why can't you just say, hey, man, can you, you know, like we have this pride in us. Mm-hmm. And and again, and I, once again, I say I thank you for that because I think that'll help people 
and listen to this and be like, well, what the fuck? You know, she's, <laughs> she says it to the millions of listeners. <laughs> potential, millions of potential listeners. Like um, and yeah, hopefully that, that, that gives people the courage to be like, you know what? We're all going through our journeys mm -hmm. and, and should be a little bit more compassionate and nicer to each other because we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, you see a, a pretty face and a smile, but like, what was it five minutes ago? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what's, you know, what is that struggle? And, uh, you know, how are they right before? That's my, that's my big thing for every, especially I think about like people that I say consider me like greedy, rich people that are just like, damn, bro. Like, I'm like everybody at some point, And I feel it's right before bed. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I feel like, like they're alone with their thoughts mm -hmm. and like everybody has to kind of come to grips with what they did that day. And I'm, for me, I'm just like, whatever, you know, I didn't do anything. But, like, the people that are like, bro, I had to fire a million people, but I made I made a $2 million bonus. I'm like, yeah. how do they feel <laughs> right before bed? Like, when they got to be with themselves, like, mm -hmm. are they okay with that, you know? like, um, But anyway, once again, I'm, I'm taking over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's great. Thank you, thank you for being open is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I, I didn't even start sharing more of my story like this until this year, actually. So it's very interesting to share it. And like like you're saying, I like to now. Yeah, it's because, again, it's one of those where you think people are going to be like, ah, ha, ha, ha. But they're just like, oh, my God, thank you. Now, here's my, you know, like, and they can mm -hmm. open up and hopefully that starts a healing process for them. Yeah, I've had so many experiences like that uh, this year with people who have opened up to me that it touches me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's cool. And again, and again, I, I think it's not easy. You know, it's definitely not easy. Um, but any, I, I still want to kind of wrap up your story because we, we you, you graduated early mm -hmm. and you went to Hartnell. And from Hartnell, did you go to CSUMB? Uh, no, from Hartnell, I went to like a vocational school online. And then I've been, um, so I don't have any college degree yet. Um, which is something that I probably would have been insecure about saying that as a 26-year-old now, but I actually uh, feel a little empowered that in any room I walk into, I'm probably one of the least educated, especially going up in Salinas and the situations I did, mm -hmm. but I'm also one of the people who's doing really great work in the world and, and is able to speak and hold my own, so I kind of like that. So right now I'm just taking online courses and going at my own pace, but I am hoping to uh, go full-time back to college soon that that's so cool and what's the what was the name of of your the organization that you made for the miss america um well that's reach or for the stars reach for the stars mm -hmm. and is that something that like the public can can get involved with somehow um they can <laughs> if they maybe email me However, I do have my own nonprofit organization called the Limitless Mentorship and Scholarship Program, and people can, I have a website for that, womenarelimitless.org, and people can email me info at womenarelimitless.org and uh, find out how to get involved that way. What's that all about? What's that Limitless thing? Tell um, me about that. That's my nonprofit that focuses on girls. Um, so I started it, and what it is is it's an organization that supports and provides resources to girls from underserved communities like low-income families in California that want to pursue a career in a male-dominated industry. So male-dominated industries, you think of things like STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math for anyone out there uh, listening, but that's not the only things. Like I'm studying astrophysics, which is in science. My grandma was an auto mechanic, which is in STEM as well, and she was a welder for the Monterey uh, city of Monterey too. <sighs> 
Yeah. <laughs> She's so cool. Yeah, she is. And she bumps Eminem all day. Really? Yeah. How old not is she? Day. Not all day, but... Um, well, uh, you're young, so... She's, she's, she's probably like 60. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, 60 or 65. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. And, oh, and, oh yeah, yeah, so my organization. organization yeah. Um, so, so other male-dominated industries are public speaking. Because 70% of public speakers are men. Uh, 90% of commencement speeches have been given, have been given by men. And also when it comes to writing nonfiction books, 70% of nonfiction books have been written by men. And as you know, we've never had a woman president or a woman governor. And uh, we barely have a few women mayors in our county right now, like Mayor Anna Velasquez, who's the first Latina and first woman to be mayor of Saudad, California. I don't know if um, anyone listening or you yourself have been to the city of Saldad uh, City Hall. But, okay, well, if you do go, you'll see pictures in the Saldad City Hall of every mayor since, like, the founding of the city of Saldad, which is in, like, 1904. So there's all these pictures of mayors on the wall, and every photo is a man. Man, 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 man. There's a bunch of pictures. And then you get to the last photo, only one woman. And that's our current mayor of Saldad. So it just goes to show that like public speaking, like writing nonfiction books, like being the president or being a leader, there are other industries that are male dominated that women aren't encouraged to be a part of. So my organization, it's several things. I have a scholarship fund that I started from the Community Foundation, and that is um, I pay for girls to go to school. I provide them with scholarships if they grew up in a low-income family in Monterey County. Um, a couple months ago, I provided four girls with scholarships, and they're specifically studying to be, uh, they're graduating high school and about to go to college, and they're going to study male-dominated industries. So we've got the scholarship part so that they could go to college, because like, I grew up in Salinas. My parents never talked to me about going to college or, mm-hmm. or even trade school. I also pay for girls to go to trade school if that's what the industry they're in. Like auto mechanics would be a trade school. Um but besides that, I provide resources like self-defense classes uh, for free, mentorship workshops for girls. Um, I'm providing more job opportunities and paid internship opportunities. Um, I'm allowing these creating spaces for girls to meet other women who are in leadership positions like Mayor Velasquez. Um, and then I'm also partnering with people to provide stipends and grants for girls to purchase food because like we were talking about food insecurity and mm-hmm. housing insecurity is an issue locally yeah. so i try to provide girls the platform or the help up that they would need or that i probably could have used growing up in salinas because i know that my story doesn't end with me and that there are probably more girls and more people who are going to similar situations right now locally that and that's such a <sighs> Yeah, that's such a great point because uh, I'm born and raised in Salinas as well. I love, obviously, this show's called Salinas Underground. It's a big part of why I do it because I was born here and it had such a reputation. And I'm like, dude, it's a bunch of cool people just trying to do cool stuff. And people have told me that over the years, like, well, why don't you move? Mm. You know, aren't you? And don't get me wrong, there are, especially being into philosophy and city planning, you don't have a lot of friends around here, you know, and then you go other places and you can make conversations with different people. But, but I'm like, I, I personally would feel like I'm running away from the problem. Because the oh, issues yeah. that, that I encountered as a, just like you're saying, mm-hmm. all those issues are still there. Mm-hmm. 
And sure, I can go to Santa Clara or whatever and then find another group of people or whatever. But now you have thousands of kids still that they're going to hope that, like myself, they find these Mm -hmm. one or two opportunities. But for the most part, everybody's going to be stuck in that cycle. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, again, in, in the books I've read, I'm like, why should we... Why should the goal be to leave the hood? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't get that. Like, why don't we just fix our name? Mm-hmm. Like, why don't we make it into a, a an attractive, fun, livable place that we can stay there? I don't get why the goal. It, it's always that whole moving on up thing. Like in the Jeffersons, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's what you do is you get money and you move out of the hood. But it's like, but so the hood is always going to be perpetually forgotten. Like mm-hmm. that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, that and is. yeah, exactly. It. it, it it trips me out and and that's where again i it the whole you doing it being local and doing it locally is is a is a big thing and and i really Mm-mm. i don't know it, it's really special and I, i'm trying to think of where the hell what the hell my point was i think <laughs> i think that coffee's kicking in man. <laughs> but i don't know i i, I think it, it's super cool that that you you've realized the need here i guess is what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. and and I think it's super important to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I look, well, I look forward to to hearing what what, because was that started because of the pageant stuff? And um, no, I started that before. I had been teaching mentorship workshops. I started in like 2017, um, and then when the pandemic happened, I started at 2017 in Monterey High School um, for the Latinx conference. I was a founding member to provide like (laughs) what you're you're doing a lot (laughs) thank you have fun um but then during the pandemic i started i i developed my own website and i started an online women's community um for women to learn about self-care and mental health topics and different um other different topics as well so i record videos and teach them and then put them on my website and it's like a membership thing um, so women around yeah. the world can watch these and learn. Yeah. And then I started the nonprofit last year for uh, girls who are graduating from high school in Monterey County. Uh, damn, that was d- holy crap! I, there's always when I interview people, I, I, you know, I feel like I do a lot with my garden and my podcast, <laughs> my regular job, and then I interview people, and I'm like, damn, I don't do, I don't do much, <laughs> man. People are out there doing stuff, and this is what I love. Going back to to Selena's being full of people like this is, I love being able to to share these stories and put them out there, because like I've said before, like the the negative news, they don't, nobody makes any of that up, but there's mostly positive stuff, so it's nice to be able to shine a spotlight on the positive side of it and people like you that are, I would have never, never expected like number one, I would have not expected there, there was a a central coast representative to the Miss America pageant. And then number two, I would have not realized it was a young aspiring astrophysicist that's into Greek philosophy. And yeah, it's, and I, yeah, I love that, that it's there and that I get to share it. And, um, well, and let's speak a little bit because you're still in this competition, the competition, what's the next step there for you? Yeah. So the next step, so I actually did compete in the competition this year. It was a week long at the end of June to July 1st, and I did not get the job, but the good news is that I can come back next year for the 100th anniversary of the Miss California competition. And I'm going to go for the job then and go back and, and represent Salinas and our community. That's, I, 
I, I actually, yeah, that I, it's so exciting. And it's cool to know that you have a, 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 somebody in there representing us. And especially like you were saying, there wasn't a representative. And well, I, and I, I was thinking, cause like, and you're, you're involved in it more. Like I'm trying to bounce around because I'm going to be a little bit critical. Like, it, and I call them beauty pageants. I'm sorry if there's a more actual yeah. term, but it, it just, it's nice to know that there's more to it. Like I, I've learned a lot about them right now, but it, they're still a little strange to me. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. Judging women based on their looks is just kind of weird to me. Yeah. It's kind of strange to me. I like that there's more components to yeah. it, but like, <laughs> What's that like? <laughs> it's actually not uh, just looks. And um, so let me break down the scoring for you. So out of 100%, 30% is the private interview. So 30% of your oh, score. Shit. Yeah, they have a judging panel of five judges um, and different, you know, all judges are different. So whatever they work in in the world. Um, you go in and each woman during the competition week, so it's a one week long competition. This year it was in Visalia, California. Um you glamorous have, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny the epitome of glamour oh <laughs> uh, yes in- central valley suburbs <laughs> everybody knows people want around the world they want to go see those central valley suburbs yep exactly <laughs> and so that's funny so 30 percent of the score uh to be miss california is based on your private interview which is you get 10 minutes in a room just you and the judges no one else is allowed to be in there. They have like an assistant there who like walks in, but not even the um, president or CEO of the Miss California organization is allowed to be in the interview room. So it's just the judges. The judges judge you uh, and, and ask questions to you based off of two forms that we submit. One is like a resume. It's called an interview fact sheet. And I put where I went to school, what I'm studying, what my uh, career ambitions are, Um what are three things on my bucket list in the next five years um, and my um, plan? Just like just like a resume for the mm-hmm. first one. And then the second sheet of paper that we had to turn in ahead of time was our plan on what we plan to do and what we're currently doing. Like what am I doing as Miss Central Coast in the community or for the state? What do I plan to do if I were to become Miss California? So they the judges have both of those forms um, and – this I this the plan I made was like running for office, you know, so it was a very mental, uh, intelligent based yeah. plan. So there was no beauty component to that. It was sitting down. What are you going to do to improve the world? You know, um, and then turning that into the judges. And then they ask you questions based off of that. And then other questions they could ask you too, like, you know, how you feel about certain issues. So that's 30 percent of the score. Then um, there is 10 percent of the score is our onstage question. And that's, you know, um, you get a random question asked to you on stage and then you have to you have like 30 seconds to answer it. We all remember that video with that poor lady. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> um, she's super sweet, too. That <laughs> sucks that that's what she's remembered for. But yeah, that was only that. But that also was only 10 percent for her. Um, I, I don't know. Oh, um, OK. Yeah. Sometimes they're a little different. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, but for me this year, this is how it was. Yeah. And the also. The Miss America organization in 2015, I believe, they removed the swimsuit competition. So there's no more. That's uh, just, yeah, that's just so. Yeah, that's the crazy part. <sighs> I will say that. That's so weird. That's so gross to me. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, yeah, that part is very. It's like a meat market. <laughs> and, okay. Yeah. So that's cool. I will say, though, um, for my all the judges, four of them were women. Uh, and oh, okay. the only man judge was a gay man. 
So it yeah. wasn't like we were being judged yeah. by men. Or yeah, something. exactly. We're just being judged by like dudes in trucker hats. <laughs> like, <laughs> nope. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so weird because I remember being 13, 14, 15, and that was like the awesomest night of my life. I'm like, yes, yes, I get to see these very attractive women in bathing suits. And I grew up and I was like, that's disturbing. We shouldn't be doing this to our women. Um, So that 30% is that interview. 10% is the onstage question. Yes. And then uh, we have, I'm just trying to make sure I get the percentages right with the well, we're at 40 okay yeah well, we need so I might, 60 more i might be getting them a little off like five oh, percent okay. off yeah of, but because there's only two more phases of competition that i could remember right now and i'm like no they're not 60 percent. but um there's also evening gown so you walk you choose an evening gown um and you walk down and it's like your moment almost like if you're a bride you know like you're walking mm-hmm. down the aisle and the purpose of that is to see if they can choose a representative who will be able to represent the brand, the organization at galas, like a fundraising gala, or, you know, a fancy event. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to see, you know, how you carry yourself and what sort of fashion you choose. You know, if they say, hey, can you show up in a evening gown to give a speech at this event? You know. Oh, OK. So, oh, I also always thought that there was like a stylist or something. And it says, oh, Miss Canada, you get this. Miss. Can- oh, no. So. Oh, so that you get to, you could show up in sweats or technically, right? Or not technically, but you can and yeah. destroy your chance. Oh, yeah. okay. That's it. So they're also, yeah. Cause they're like, if you're off on your own, yeah, you're going to represent us and you, this is your, op- okay, cool. Yeah. And when you do um, win like Miss California or Miss America, they do have people to help you uh, more so, but uh, you're, you are mostly responsible for your wardrobe. Yeah. But at that, yeah. And even at that point, the little team is still helping you represent you and that okay and then what's the final um instead of swimsuit they have health and fitness because Ah, that's okay that's a nice one that's a nice way to get around yeah it's interesting i will say that health and fitness yeah but the reason i'm not checking her out i'm just interested in her health and fitness (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) yeah but but what's interesting is that so this year is the first year they put health and fitness because they had they took out swimsuit years ago and this year they added it back. One of the reasons is because Miss America is now partnered with the American Heart Association because heart disease is the number one leading cause of death of women in America. And so they're trying to promote living a healthy lifestyle and the fact that we we as women and we as people can try to not have heart disease by eating healthier, by just being physically active and things like that. Um, so that's kind of what they're promoting. I, I absolutely love that because you, sometimes you'll see like weight loss. It bothers me. They sell like weight loss pills on TV, mm-hmm. but like zero, zero percent. I can say that confidently. Zero percent of the time. Are they like, you should also fix your diet. And you know, it's just like, Oh, ask your doctor about this drug and watch the fat burn away, you know? And it's like, shouldn't we be promoting? Like, I get it. Some people, they just need extra help, like whatever, for whatever reason, but shouldn't we start with like eat right and exercise? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we'll go to the medicine after. Yeah. And that's what the Miss America is promoting with that health and fitness. That's cool. Yeah. So, but they don't tell you what to eat or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Well, and when they say health and fitness, is that basically the beauty or or do you come out in like yoga pants and Uh, do downward dog? Uh, No, no, you don't do it. You just walk out. You it's, they call it, um, modeling in tennis shoes so it's like if you were a model um for a yoga company or a fitness clothing company workout clothes yeah yeah um 
because they do have a sponsor who is a women-owned uh, workout clothing uh, for cheerleaders and dancers and stuff. That's cool. And then for you, was the experience mostly positive with your fellow competitors? Yes, 100% positive. It was so much. Well, like the overall experience was so fun. Mm -hmm. There were 42 women there, including me. Um, So it was a lot, big class. They were awesome. Like it was like being a kid, like (sighs) in middle school, going like on a field trip all day on the bus. Like that's what it was. It was hilarious. I was going into the dressing room, like dancing, (laughs) you know, singing my new friend, Angela, Angela, you know, Um, I have videos, me and this girl uh, before our interview, we're like, we're like dancing and we're like, we got this, we got this, we got this. Hey, 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 you know, just being silly. So it was totally just being silly, which is what, um, I didn't really expect that, that everyone would actually be people that I really like. So like there are a few girls and like last night they were leaving comments on my, um, some video I posted on Instagram and I felt like genuine happiness. Like, and I wanted to post to my stories that I'm so grateful for my friends, you know, like if you're reading this, know that I'm grateful for you. (laughs) And a lot of those girls are those girls. They're new. That's super cool because I've seen Miss Congeniality. That shit can get rough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, dude, and. You took a, you guys all got put in a bus yes. at one point. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You saw, did you see that? No, no. Well, well you well, mentioned, you mentioned, mentioned it right it. now, but I was just thinking, I'm like, dude, I, women are cool, but holy, a whole bus full of <laughs> pageant contestants go, that must've been a lot of energy or a certain kind of energy. Yeah. But I'll say this, the pageant contestants that I have had the privilege of meeting are normal, smart girls. Like how you were talking about how, um, oh, I might look pretty or things like that, or you wouldn't expect I'm into philosophy or things like that. Um, and I play video games. I'm a big introvert. That's my main hobby is playing video games. And so... This pe- is so great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so people don't really expect that. And it's the same thing with these girls that I met. They're fun. They're normal, you know. Yeah. And it's just like we're all hanging out and stuff. So it's nothing you expect, like, oh, someone's really stuck up. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's always a possibility you could probably come across someone in any. Yeah, that's any, just life. Walmart. Yeah. yeah. You're going to find someone in Walmart wearing pajamas who thinks they're yeah. better than you. You yeah. know, like, looking you up and down like, what are you wearing? <laughs> I've one time somebody was a homeless person was racist to me because I didn't have change. Oh I'm just gosh. like you're asking me for change and i'm <laughs> you're you're trying to make me feel bad about myself oh my gosh I was, it was in reading so it was that's oh. yeah, a crazy place <laughs> uh, but yeah that's so funny when you're just like huh like i i, I have low self-esteem but even i know that this isn't a, that you know i shouldn't feel bad about this um yeah. but oh yeah that um no it's interesting and i have there's been times where I've had some very good conversations with with people, with women, because they're super attractive and nobody goes up to them. And I'm not trying to hit on them or whatever. We just end up talking. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool because you're like, it's just people. It's yeah. just people. It's just like our bone structure and our skin. It just has nothing to do with our personality or how we are as people. Yeah. And thankfully, we women have makeup. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, dude, that's where I don't know. I know because I'm a man and I, I think I i would i would revolt if i was a fucking woman like it's so bullshit that you guys have to get your hair done makeup and it's like it just seems expensive i i I can't figure out for the life of me like the budgeting thing Mm -hmm. like dude number oh my god all right we're gonna get real we're gonna get really real here the the what do you call it like a sanitary products period products man it blows my mind that 
women have to buy their own stuff and there are different brands because there are different brands. Okay. And I'm I'm sorry. We're all going to get real right now, folks. I'm assuming there are quote better or worse ones. Yes. It, 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 it bothers me for, I don't know why so crazy that especially young girls Mm -hmm. there, there must be a lot of young women that are going that through their periods and are using, I don't know, substandard. I don't know Mm -hmm. what it is. It's, I don't know if it's more uncomfortable or, or it's more, it doesn't hold things in as much. I don't, it just seems like, and it must not feel good. Mm -hmm. It must suck. And it's like, it's so stupid. We can, if there's, we can fix this. Mm -hmm. We like, it's so easy. And then it's just, it's a something that it's like, it's so dumb because if it's one of those, it's so obvious if happened to men, I would have, I would have a whole fridge of fucking products right here that the government gave me and they're all nice and all that shit. Mm -hmm. And it just baffles me that, that we just, that we allow our, 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 and I don't want to say our women like like their possessions or anything, but like our fellow humans. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. To be treated like I don't know. Yeah, it trips me out that some woman has to get something that she knows isn't gonna work for her, but she just needs something, and she's like, "But I, I gotta go to work," you know, and mm-hmm. and then she's uncomfortable or she's again and whatever the I, I don't know. If, I'm telling you, yeah. if it was a men problem, they'd be fucking free stores from every yeah. goddamn corner. It, it really would be. And thank you for caring about that. <laughs> I'll give you a little peace of mind and let you know that I don't think um, like the che- the less expensive products are like super bad for you. Or yeah, I don't They're know. not I'm, that different. I'm a guy. I'm so yeah. stupid. Well, at the end of it the day, I'm like, so dumb. It might be like water, like a little generic, but it's not like totally bad. It's not some crazy difference in terms of. The like this was just a rolled up sock like yeah. what the fuck <laughs> yeah, thankfully it's not like that. <laughs> but i also say that um, there's a statistic that 21 percent of women in the united states today do not have regular monthly access to menstrual hygiene products dude that's one out of five yeah I, <sighs> and and i just um found out some other thing that in 22 states in the united states um period products or menstrual hygiene products are taxed as non-essential items and in those same 22 states or, or at least some of them some items that are accepted from that and are included as essential items are rogaine and viagra yeah. well, the, the the u.s army spent 23 million dollars on viagra wow. the, the, the 23 million dollars i don't know that yeah that that baffled and to me it's like a and we, we claim to be the most forward-thinking country in the world. Like, and we are the wealth. It, it, it baffles me. It, it absolutely baffles me. And it's because men run shit. I, I, I hate to be, I'm like, I'm not trying to be a cool feminist or whatever, but it's just true. Mm-hmm. Just old white guys run the fucking world and they give a fuck about women's periods. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that. They give a fuck about poor workers. They give a fuck about starving children like mm-hmm. and it's messed up and it's so and to me that i mean i just that one just stands out to me because as i grew up i'm like this is what mm-hmm. and like and it's even a weird it was tough for me to bring up like this thing that happens to women and i didn't expect to get on periods for 12 <laughs> minutes here but it's just like it's the most regular normal function and it's still like weird for men to go and i'm like what we do this to ourselves we created this stigma Mm-hmm. There's nothing strange or anything about this. It's just that mm-hmm. forever it was a women problem. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a problem to a fucking problem. It's not a problem. It's just something that the body does. Yeah. It's like fucking earwax. Yeah. There's no fucking problems there. Like, I, I don't know. It, it's so crazy how white. I don't even know how I get off the soapbox now, but um, free period, free period products for all. Well, I will say that um, that's one of the things I do is um, well, I host women empowerment resource fairs. I did my first one in May in King City, and my next one is Saturday, September sixteenth in Soledad at Soledad High School. It's free for the public for women and girls of all ages, whether you're a pregnant mom or uh, have a newborn baby, or you're a woman who's a senior. Um, you know, you can attend the event. And this was September 16th in Soledad? Yes, at Soledad High School. But it's not for high schoolers. It's for all ages of women and girls. So we please invite the public to attend. I'm yeah. inviting you all right now. Yeah. No, yeah, and that that's super cool. And you'll be there and I, you'll get get to meet you and that's that's super cool but but anyway i'm telling you i did, i told you we wouldn't we couldn't keep this under an hour and i'm i'm we would go full more but i got to cut this off because is, is there anything else that that i'm missing that you want to say before you know i could talk a little bit about my projects like um the women empowerment resource fair yeah yeah let's yeah. talk more about that yeah so what i do at these women empowerment resource fairs is i partnered with rotary district 5230 uh, which they are the district that has 64 Rotary Clubs in, in the oh, wow. in California. And so it's here, and it's also in the Central Valley, too. Um, so you might, like, I just came back from a Rotary meeting that was at the National Steinbeck Center. And for people who don't know, Rotary Clubs are basically clubs of people who want to do community service and do good in the world. Mm-hmm. So I'm partnered with them, and they help provide me with funding and volunteers and also um, connections. And so these Women Empowerment Resource Fairs, what we're doing is, for example, in this one in Soledad, you can go and you can attend the event completely for free for any women and girls of all ages. And you can learn free self-defense classes taught by an MMA fighter. And this is for, like I said, all ages of girls. Mm-hmm. You can also learn mental health workshops and self-confidence and self-compassion workshops. Um, and it's all free. We also have free barbecue lunch provided for everyone. An all-women speaking panel featuring all Latinas that I'll be moderating. And it'll be in English and Spanish. Um, we also give away tens of thousands of resources. So we give away menstrual hygiene products. We give away books that feature Latinas and women as the protagonists, because I think it's very important to have those stories heard and experiences heard. Mm. Yeah. We also give away school supplies because we know a lot of kids locally can't afford school supplies. Uh, we give away prom dresses and prom shoes. Oh, shit. And we give away workwear uh, for women who need clothes to wear to work or job interviews. <sighs> And we also have the um, district governor of Rotary District 5230, Debbie Hale. She is actually teaching a workshop for free to teach women how to prepare for a job interview and application and get a job successfully. And then also we have about 15 different nonprofit organizations there at the high school. So not only can you come and learn self-defense or mental health, eat free barbecue lunch, Listen to a all Latinas women speaking panel, including the mayor of Soledad, Mayor Ana Velasquez. Um, but you can also come and learn from the different organizations who are there and learn about the resources that they provide for girls and women. So that if a girl, if a Latina wants to know how to start her own business, we have the Small Business Development Center there, um, Al Pajaro Community Business Development Center, Mm -hmm. and they will go ahead and teach and let you know how you can start your own business. If you have a girl there who wants to know, can she go to college? What are her options? We have people there who will be able to talk to them about that. So it's like a one-stop shop for women and girls and we're 
inviting everyone, uh, women and girls of all ages. It's completely free. So we'd love to have you on Saturday, September 16th at Soledad High School from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. That's good. Yeah. Take your daughters too. That's a, yeah. If you're, because there are single fathers out there, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, this is a cool opportunity, you know, to, yeah, give yeah. her some women culture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. We have them learn self defense. We have a fully padded weight room uh, at the high school because they have a weight or uh, what do you call it? Um, wrestling, not weight. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, dude, that's, man, that's going to be. Well, yeah, hopefully you get as many people as possible. Then that's cool. That it, Again, once again, being from this area, another thing, it's in Soledad. Yes. Like I've told you, even if it's in Salinas, I, I feel bad because I'm from Salinas, so I'm like, cool, awesome, another mm-hmm. cool event here. But I'm like, dude, if you're from, like we just talked about, people from Salinas can't even make it to the beach sometimes for financial reasons. So sometimes that 25-minute drive from Soledad to Salinas that's basically around, across the world for some people, you know, like, so it's, it's neat that you're going to there and, and time after time, when I interview people that are local, that started organizations here, they're the ones that like, we need to be where the need is. Mm-hmm. Their, their offices aren't in Monterey that, you know, they're not doing things in Santa Cruz or something. They're, they're here in the community, in the neighborhoods that need them. And, and that's why I think it's so important. And I'm, makes me happy to hear that there are other that, that, yeah, there are people doing that. And, and like I said, the, the women thing, I, I'm not trying to go on my whole feminist thing, but it just it just blows my mind sometimes how how humans, not just Americans, how humans we treat our, our women. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's nuts. It's like you're, you're human beings. It's just like it, it just trips me out, dude. I'm like It's like they're either your property or, or objects. or It's like they're human fucking beings, yeah. dude. Human beings and and like that's half the fucking planet. Like we need that half. Like it's us. We were just talking about the universe. You know, it's just us versus the universe, dude. We all got to band together. The aliens are gonna show up and we're gonna be divided. No, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And then women are gonna rule. Yeah. We're gonna tell the aliens. Women are definitely. Oh my! If you see it, you see the college graduation rates. Mm-hmm. More women. Yeah, and it's it, the the people leading the pack are Latina women, mm-hmm. like that. and that's a dude. I I love it as well, but also at the same time as a as a Latino dude, I'm Mexican. I hate Latino. I'm a yeah, Mexican. I say Mexican. Yeah, I'm, Mex- I'm Mexican. You know, um, I'm like we what are we get so used to like getting babied and stuff by our mothers. I, I think a lot of us are expecting these women. To then come back to the communities and and save quote unquote save us you know and I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I don't have to grow as a person but this woman's gonna go out there get a career and come back and and save me and um and I don't think that's the case yeah. I think what those women are gonna try to, are gonna find people that relate to them you know and and it's not a racial thing whoever that person might be so I'm like we gotta step it up like we can't just be like oh yeah the ladies are gonna save the day you know they're gonna go make that money. And then all Mexicans are going to be prosperous. And it's like, nah, dude, like we got to, we all got to go together. We got to go lockstep. You know, we got to do this all as a movement, as one. And again, it's very, makes me very proud and happy to see that Latina women are, are, you know, the, the minority group that are getting the most degrees right now. Mm -hmm. It's, it's amazing. It's only going to be benefit our communities. But at the same time, I I think the the women got to step up. Mm-hmm. you know again we we can't 
again, number one, we can't wait for our women to support us. And number two, they're not going to fucking do that. You know, like women, a, a modern woman. I, I love it. I love that, you know, because before your your option was get married or become a nun, you know, <laughs> like I saw it. If you were if you were your age and not married with kid, you you the spinster, you know, they'd call you a spinster. Like she's a broken woman. She's 26. With no, not married without kids, you know, like and and nowadays women are like 40 i'm like eh, maybe i'll have a kid maybe i won't you know and and they have their own careers their own jobs and fucking men are so a lot of men are intimidated i think you know we're, mm. i think that's where this kind of machismo thing is coming back like you see that in politics a lot you know but there's like these these strong guys quote unquote it's, they're the most broken men dude all these andrew tates and jordan oh petersons gosh. and shit like that oh they're not gosh. men those aren't men. They, I would agree that they are broken. I don't like that word, but I would agree that they probably need some love and and, and uh, yeah, compassion and understanding. And then yeah, when they're the total one, like the epitome of instead of coming out and saying, "Hey, I'm hurting," mm-hmm. they'll just be like, "No, punch a wall." Mm-hmm. And it's just like that's not manly. Yeah, a man can accept his emotions and express them in a normal you know way. And and again, I think there's a, a pushback right now, and those kind of people are getting popular because mm-hmm. men we, we realize we're getting left behind mm-hmm. yeah. by the women around us and we don't know how to move forward so we in in times of chaos strong men kind of stand out and i think mm-hmm. you know in the male circles right now it's a lot of chaos mm. and so these fake strong men are coming up <laughs> to the forefront and i'm just like no we can't just again we're they're just thinking that, oh, the way we'll con- continue to control women is by our, our sheer sexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll be so physically fit and attractive <laughs> that these women will have to fall at our feet, yeah. you know, and it's just like, well, you're wrong. If I, number one, it takes a lot of fucking work to get that way. And then number two, women aren't just interested in that. Like women want a partner or whatever. I don't know. Every woman wants their own fucking thing. I'm not yeah. trying to, I'm right here talk, saying, hey, we should uplift our women. And then I talk for all women. <laughs> Let me mansplain to ladies what they're doing wrong. Yeah. You're like, women no, you're like, listen up, everyone. You heard it here for the first time. Women no longer want buff guys. They want people who eat whatever they want. And that is now fact. Everyone knows they want 36-year-old dudes that are into philosophy and city planning and have their own podcast. That's what women really want. Yeah, but like you said, everyone is really different. Yeah, that's what it comes down to. We can't just put everyone in a box. And um, but yeah, just to to again wrap that up quickly, I just was like, I think it's impressive how women are are really elevating themselves, especially again Latina Mexican women. But also at the same time, I think men we have to step it up. And and I see that we realize that women are 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 you know putting that gap between us. Mm-hmm. And the way that's manifesting itself is why these weak men that portray themselves as strong men are popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, um, yeah. and it's very sad because those same men you're talking about do say things against women. Like earlier you said, you know, about um, a few minutes ago about joking around about, you know, some people were think or back in the day a spinster because I'm 26 without kids. And that is something that I hear those sort of men online preach. I get them randomly recommended to me in my YouTube shorts and stuff, and that's what they say. <laughs> Women over the age of 24 are no good. That's uh, their message, which I think is very sad for all girls and women who are listening to that. Yeah, well, because, again, uh, uh, some will believe that, you know, mm-hmm. which is fucked up. And that's what those men want. 
because mm-hmm. they want to to keep a woman like that, and because that's the only way they can get it, get someone. You know, they they have to mentally control because they know that they're weak as well. Weak men fear strong women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can see how like strong men would like strong women, or intelligent men would like like intelligent women, and you know. When you're a respectable person and you have respect for other people, that's what, just what you do. You have respect for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it bothers me because these guys are so fucking famous. Yeah. It, <laughs> like, it, I get 300 <laughs> downloads for fucking my episodes, you know, and I'm just like, come on, bro. Read books, yo. Yeah, it's wild. And sometimes I uh, I, I hear I hear their videos. And then I, um, like a week ago on Saturday, um, I was volunteering and um, I was volunteering with a few people. Like, there were a few guys. There was one girl and one of the guys. Like, we were, you know, he was just nice. He was a good person about volunteering. And then at the end of the day, he asked me how old I was. And I said, 26. And he told me, um, he can tell because I don't have wrinkles yet. But when I smile, he can see my eye wrinkles. <laughs> and I just thought. Well, and did you like, immediately start having sex with him right there? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, holy shit. You have the magic words. I was like, what? I was like, first off, I'm Asian, so, and second, it's probably my eyeliner. It's like yeah. my my makeup increasing because I put a lot on. But no, but I'm against um like plastic surgery. I'm against Botox, fillers, and um, I don't go to nail salons. I do my own nails and things like that. So I'm very much against society putting pressures on women that we have to look a certain way. And so hearing that sort of thing, which is aligned with the whole Andrew Tate, you know, or or, yeah. or the other people, because I don't even know if Andrew Tate has spoken on the age of women, but um, other men like him yeah. have spoken on the age of women and um so that was just something where last week i heard something where i was thinking oh my gosh did you just say something really weird about me that i didn't ask for your opinion yeah you know um yeah well and that's also part of their that's like their game right that they call it negging you know right like they try to make you feel bad mm. then you like oh the you make you make the woman feel bad and then she'll be attracted to you oh. And I, I have no fucking clue how that happened. But. Yeah, this was just a random. I was just volunteering, so it was no. What the? Yeah. Fuck? The, the odd. That's so insane. Because you read stories on internet, and you're like, I could, I could see men being that dumb, but are they really? But obviously, yeah, he was drinking though, and and he was he's like 31 or something, and a, a girl told him off for me after. She said, how are you a 6 out of 10, and you're judging people on their looks? Yeah, dude. So, so it was very crazy. It was wild to hear it, um, and he was drinking too, but, but I just, when I heard that, you know, like a man tell me something about my physical appearance, with unwarranted i thought that's really crazy because i'm not getting botox you know i'm mm-hmm. embracing my natural my natural beauty and and loving myself and feeling confident that way but there's so many other girls and women out there who hear these things or read them online and then they're feeling the pressure to go get a ten thousand dollar surgery and get cut up under a knife by a man who's a surgeon you know and get mm-hmm. stuffed with things and and it really does take its toll on women like we talked about earlier 90% of women who look in the mirror don't like what they see. And that's a statistic I heard from Mel Robbins, um, a award-winning author. And I just also heard some other statistic, statistics about like girls ages um, 8 through 17, only 20, it's like, it's like only 20% of them think they have the qualities to be a leader. So it just shows that it's a lot about belief, whether it's about society's beliefs about how women should be should look or what our value stems from that that 
puts women back. That makes us think that we need to spend all this time and money on, on the way that we look, that that's where our value comes from. And those same ways of thinking also would stop women from pursuing careers in astrophysics or auto mechanics because they think that's a man's world. That's a man's job. They don't want to be in it. But they actually do have those interests in it, like my grandma. So there are just so many things that we can change in the world. And earlier you said that men need to step up, but um, I think you guys are doing great. And, and I'm grateful for people like you who actually acknowledge the issues. And and as I talk to more people, even like older white men, I, I tell them about the issues that Latinas face, that even uh, people like a black man would face today. You know, like if I'm talking to an older white man, I'll tell them about these injustices and how life is put, pitted up against them and how they have to overcome all these barriers just to be on an equal playing field. And people don't realize those things, but they are very open to hearing it. And when they hear and are aware and and informed on the experiences that people actually go through, whether you're a Latina or a black man somewhere, and when people hear those experiences, they do have more of an open open mind and understanding, and they want to to do good. Like when I go to these Rotary meetings, there's a lot of older white men. And I get up there, I say I'm Mexican, I talk about my family being immigrants, talk about overcoming homelessness, and people probably don't expect that from me, but just by sharing our stories and our experiences, I find that people are willing to listen, and that it does open their eyes and their mind, and they do start to care. And so, it's, I don't think men are doing bad, I don't think anyone's, you know, doing bad, I think, when, I think most people that I've talked to are very open, uh, to understanding and to caring and that as humans, we naturally have that caring emotion to us. Yeah, no, that's, that's a really great point because I've met, you know, we were talking about rec- going out and recording Carmel and stuff. And, and as, as we are as different as the societies are, I've, I've never had anyone be like, get out of here. you Mexican, you know, or yeah. something like for the most, like we understand we're different, but then you sit there and talk to each other and you're like, Oh, okay. I can, I can relate to that stuff. And, yeah. um, Ah, where's that? There's a, it's a Kendrick Lamar song. It's not, he didn't quite, it was, it was a person featured in his song. It was the Good Kid Mad City, that album. But he says, you know, the fear comes from lack of awareness of the other side, you mm, know. And yeah. so interesting when you just talk to somebody and you, you hear their side, you'd be like, oh, okay, now I, I understand your world a, a little bit better. And, and and I think it's most of us are going through such similar things, dude. It's mm-hmm. so interesting. Like right now, especially the politics, we're mm-hmm. so like I mentioned, we're so polarized. But like the poor Republican has so much in common with the poor Democrat. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's just something else is dividing them. Um, but it, it's just like if if we can all just band together, we'd be like, dude, we're so not that much different. Like it's we invented the society to put these walls between us, but really we're still human. Like mm-hmm. we still all, like you were saying, for the most part are pretty compassionate. All have kind of similar feelings. Like everyone is kind of is unique, but there's like core feelings yeah. that every single or most people, <laughs> some people are kind of you know off, really off, but it's so rare. Super rare for yeah. the most part, people are so. And like I said, I, yeah. So it is cool that that I don't know how we got there, but that you're out there, you know, kind of putting yourselves in in these positions to where you can talk to these different kind of people. Um, but also at the same time, there's so much work that I still can't believe that if somebody, well, and I'm still. I want to talk to that guy and be like. <laughs> what what was your and you were you were drinking okay i get it you know we're we're never our smartest when we're drinking but like did you was it that you know like because dude you're and you're obviously a, an attractive 
person, you know? So it's, it's obviously not someone that's like trying to be keeping it real with someone that, that they think needs help. It's like, no, she's most people would agree. She's a pretty attractive woman, you know, but like, did you think that you were going to, Oh, thank you for pointing out my flaws. Like, here's my number, you know, or like, or, or did you think that, that like maybe belittling me like, Oh man, well, here's my number. Like I'll try it better next week. Like let's go to lunch and you know, maybe then you'll approve of me. Like, I wonder what, again, what was the end goal there? Like, yeah, I don't think he was trying to um, go out with me or anything like that. I think he was, he was drinking and he just said something dumb. Um, like trying to be funny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trying to be funny, trying to be like a friend, you know, where you're just like, Oh, I'm going to say something to you that I could say to someone else. I know. Um, Yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's, don't, there's a, if you're young, if you're a younger listener here, yeah, don't, here's a, a good tip, you know, don't comment on a woman's physical <laughs> appearance. If she asks you, uh, it's a time. if it's your girlfriend, she looks great. Yes. That's the fucking answer. That is the answer. <laughs> that's the answer. If she asks you how she looks, she looks like a great. There's one answer. Yeah. Don't, it's not a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's one. I don't know what she looks like or how she's dressed, but I know the fucking answer. She looks yep. fucking amazing. There we go. That's the answer. Um, but that's the only time that you can, you can be outward about a woman's appearance. Yes. Um, but anyway, thanks again. Is that, is there... I can, I can, we have 12 more hours of recording time if you want to, and I know we can fill it, but is there anything else? Once again, what, so the September 16th, Soledad High School, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and that's what organization is um, of yours? The Limitless Mentorship and Scholarship Program in yeah. partnership with Rotary District 5230. And then you could go to womenarelimitless.org? Yes. And and you can find more information there of how to get involved or, or other events that might be going on? Yes. And then this one where the, the, the drunk dude, was <laughs> was that also part of the same oh, organization? No. no, I was volunteering at a different charity. Oh, okay. That was just a, just a regular vol volunteer. Yeah, it was just yeah. And um and if people want to follow the the your Miss California journey, how can they do that? <laughs> oh, I guess they could follow my Instagram, <laughs> uh, Genevieve VNA. So just spell it G E N E V I E V E V I A N N E. And um if you would like to donate in any way to the Women Empowerment Resource Fair, we are looking for people whether you want to donate money so we can purchase supplies. Or we also have an Amazon wish list uh, with school supplies, books, diapers, and baby wipes, and menstrual hygiene products. Um, so you can find that on my Instagram, actually, and I'll try to upload it to my website as well. So if anyone would like to donate and help us, you can just purchase directly from our Amazon wish list, and it'll be shipped to us. Cool, yeah. And if you have it as a post, I'll put it on the story there so people can follow oh. follow it there. And um, But anyway, man, thank I. <laughs> We went over an hour on the second half here. Oh my so, um, I don't even know what. So thank you all. If you stuck around, for, I, I thought this was a, a really neat conversation. I, I could have gone, a, you know, another hour. I know I talked a lot about philosophy and my views on periods. Um, <laughs> but, um, but for the, but thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being so open and honest. And, and thank you for sharing your story. This is, again, it's the, these like stereotypical story that I made this show for, you know, somebody born and raised in Salinas that has such a unique view of the world and of the universe dude of the <laughs> universe astrophysicist um but yeah genevieve thank you once again 
<laughs> and yeah, thank you yeah. all for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. I want to say uh, thank you to you for this interview, but also for who you are and, and the views that you hold, especially supporting women. I know that it, there is that um, stereotype that you could be like a white knight or things like that. And, uh, you know, I, I don't get any sort of vibes like that from you or anything. I really appreciate that. And and like I said earlier, I have a younger brother who goes through mental health issues. And so I myself, even though I'm a woman and a very feminine woman and stuff, I still care about issues that relate to men. Yeah, no, and, and thanks for that because I don't I don't I don't think that's that's spoken up a lot. I literally was telling you I was hugging a fucking case of water. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, I, I know I'm joking around, everybody. I'm okay. I don't know if anyone thinks it was. It was a little. It was a, a not. It's not that bad over here in Ozland, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and thank you for for doing that. It, it, it's very important. I, I think you know a lot of the times we just get told man up. Yeah, man, men don't cry, and and I'm here to tell you, men do cry. Yeah, so it's strong very men cry. Yeah, and all the stereotypes out there, just like we're talking about, how not all men uh, think like the Andrew Tates of the world, <laughs> and not all women think like the the bad <laughs> women that you're thinking of of the world, whatever yeah. views you're thinking. Because I hear a lot of miscon- misconceptions too about what women uh, look for. I think it's kind of funny. Yeah, people are. Well, I can. I'm sure. Yeah, you read in beauty pageants, people are like. Yeah. Anyway, we're gonna go another hour here in the outro. But thank, thanks yeah. again, everybody, for listening. We'll definitely have you back. Obviously, there is more to talk about. Yes, please. And we we will come back. So thank you all for listening. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace.